It's time to level up your business with the podcast that teaches you the top strategies, tactics, and growth hacks that every entrepreneur needs to know. Please welcome your host, whose small business blog gets more than 1 million visitors every single month, Brandon Gailey. Welcome aboard to episode 20 of the Zero to Seven Figures podcast. As we continue on with this week's theme of networking and how to get the right people in your personal circle of friends. I will be marching on into part two of how to attract growth-oriented friends from Steve Pavlina. So let's go ahead and get right back into it. When we're talking about building out your growth-oriented friends, the question comes up about loyalty all the time. What about loyalty? Should we be loyal to the friends we already have, even if they can't support our growth-oriented directions? Questions about loyalty only seem to be asked by those who are being held back by negative social circles. People who are immersed in positive social support never seem to ask about loyalty. Loyalty is forced obligation. The word itself is a trap used by clingy people to enforce relationships based through fear. Genuine relationships are chosen for mutual benefit, not enforced through obligation. Do you want your friends and relationship partners to cling to you from a sense of obligation? Is that the kind of loyalty you desire? If not, then don't be such a friend or partner to anyone else. Be loyal and true to your best self and seek relationships that are aligned with your best self. Be loyal to your values and let other people be loyal to theirs. Seek connections with people who are more loyal to their values than they'd ever be to you. Someone who'd put their relationship with you ahead of their highest and best values isn't someone you can trust anyways. An important corollary here is to get clear about the values that matter most to you and do your best to live in alignment with them. If you value growth, then be shamelessly growth-oriented. Don't hide your most sacred values. Let the world see you as who you are. How else will other growth-oriented people be able to recognize your true self? There's a world of growth-oriented people that can be hard to see if you don't publicly put yourself out there as one of them. If you're always working on your personal growth in the shadows, such people will have a hard time spotting you. You'll just look like another zombie going through the motions. You need to give such people a way to recognize you. If even one such person spots you, a single invitation can open up an entire network of new growth-oriented friends. I was pretty shocked by how quickly other growth-oriented people flowed into my life when I started putting myself out there as one of them. It began happening from the time my first article was published in a software industry newsletter. My email address was included in the byline, and a few people wrote back to share feedback and thanks. As I continued down this path, there was a steamrolling effect. The more I expressed my values through published writing, the more like-minded people recognized me and offered some kind of connection. If you were a growth-oriented person with a rich and vibrant network of growth-oriented friends, and you spotted a like-minded person who seemed to be all alone, largely unaware of what life could be like with a network like yours, what would you do? Would you keep quiet and let that person keep struggling? Or would you reach out and offer some kind of invitation? The counterintuitive idea here is that if you want to receive such invitations yourself, then seek to become the kind of person who will reach out to help others. You can do that starting today. This is perhaps the most effective change you can make 
to demonstrate that you're a good match for a growth-oriented friendship circle. Otherwise, if you believe you can't help anyone right now, then next year you'll probably believe the same, and the year after that, and so on. And growth-oriented people will continue to ignore you because you'll seem to be so self-absorbed to be a good match for them. This is because personal growth is easier and faster with a network of givers. The more givers and contributors you see in your network, the faster everyone grows. So it's just common sense for such networks to repel non-givers who only seem to care about themselves since that would only weaken the flow. It's important to give in such a way that it feels good to you. This won't work well if you're too self-sacrificing and if you feel that your efforts aren't appreciated much. I love writing. For me, writing is like a meditation. Combining writing with an internet business is a great outlet for me. But for someone else, this may not be a good fit. If writing is painful for you, you might prefer other ways to contribute, such as by helping people one-on-one, -on -one, volunteering, recording audio or video, starting a forum, or hosting a meetup group. Don't feel like you have to copy someone else's approach for this to work for you. Realize that you don't have to be an expert to do this. I wrote articles about business success even before my business was doing well. I talked to people who were doing well and contrasted their habits and strategies with those who weren't doing well. Writing those pieces was a great way to compile this knowledge for myself too. By sharing such ideas publicly, I received feedback to help refine the ideas. I also received lots of encouragement from people who apply these ideas to their businesses with good results. I didn't have to pretend to be more successful than I was. I could compile and share other people's lessons just as well. Many successful bloggers and podcasters out there started out the same way. You can sometimes make a profound difference in someone else's life just by sharing a simple tip or observation. For example, I observed that the independent software developers who were doing well financially often spent about 50% of their time on marketing activities. The developers who weren't doing well only spent 20% of their time on marketing, and many times often less than 5%. Many of the developers who weren't doing as well in business were highly skilled on the technical side, but they hadn't invested much effort in learning marketing and sales. Just by sharing this simple observation, some developers shifted the way they allocated their time and they saw rapid increases in their sales. I also applied this lesson to my own computer games business and saw great results. You can become an authority by being a good listener and by paying attention. You can do research and share what you learn. You can do your own experiments and share the results. And if you keep doing this sort of thing, you'll eventually become a legitimate expert in your field and you'll attract lots of smart, growth-oriented friends by raising your social profile. Don't assume you have to complete a big project in private first to earn the right to help people. You can find a way to be helpful starting today. Just go to a forum or a meetup group and start helping out where you can. Give sustainability in ways that feel good to you, but don't become a people pleaser who says yes to every little request. People pleasers waste energy on low value giving that isn't appreciated instead of seeking meaningful contributions that fulfill and uplift them. They distract themselves with scraps instead of planting orchards. The challenge of deciding where and how to give gets harder over time. The more you give, the more you'll attract opportunities to give more. Eventually, you'll need to say no to some otherwise amazing invitations. 
This year in particular, I've had to say no to some invitations that I would have jumped on in the past so I can focus on the contributions that feel most aligned. It's never easy to say no to the good in order to pursue something better. There's a social reason for focusing your contributions as well. After you attract a lot of growth-oriented friends, the next challenge is to attract friends who are strongly aligned with your biggest goals. Otherwise, you may find yourself being pulled in too many different directions. Having growth-oriented friends with lots of different interests can be stimulating for a while, but eventually you want to have some friendships that can help you stay focused on your biggest and most important goals. Be sure to align your giving and contribution with your personal growth as well. Make sure that your giving continues to give you a sense of growth and improvement. Don't let your contribution outlets become stagnant. Keep raising the challenge level. For instance, I went from writing about five articles per year before I started blogging to averaging about 100 articles per year since then. I went from doing seven-minute speeches in 2004 to doing three-day workshops in 2009. Keep raising the bar for your contributions. Seek to become increasingly helpful by helping people in deeper ways, by helping more people or both. Look for opportunities to increase the depth and breadth of your contribution. Don't rest on your laurels. The more ambitious you become about contribution, the more like-minded people you'll attract who can encourage and support you in taking the next steps. This will help you advance further beyond the limitations of social drag. You'll meet people who strongly resonate with what you're doing and want to see you succeed. When you see your social support drying up, which may happen from time to time, that's a good indication that it's time to raise the bar on your service. Maybe you need to raise your standards for contribution by tackling something more ambitious and exciting, or maybe you need to shift the type of service you provide altogether to find that sweet spot of meaning and purpose again. My last tip for building a thriving social circle is to be proactive about making invitations. Don't wait for people to come to you unless you want your social life to be a desert. When you find someone growth-oriented that you'd like to be friends with, make an invitation. Additionally, make it easy for people to connect with you, especially face-to-face. One way I do this is with a meeting in person page on my website. I also added a meeting in person frequently asked questions to make it easier for people who might feel a little socially uncomfortable, doing my best to reassure them that they can expect a warm and friendly reception. On average, I do a few of these meetups each month. I include a map and the address of the Starbucks where I often meet people, and occasionally I switch it to different locations if I get bored from going to the same place too much. The point is to reduce friction to make it easier for like-minded people to connect with you. These meetups also help me connect the online work that I do with real human beings that are affected by it. To build a strong friendship network, seek to become the type of person who'd be an obvious good fit for such a network. Be a giver. Contribute positively to people's lives. Share what you're learning along the way. Look for ways to sustainably deepen and expand your contribution. Express your values openly and don't hide. You can potentially inherit an entire network of great friends with a single invitation from the right person. So do what you can to make it easy for such a person to recognize you and be the kind of person who seeks to elevate other growth-oriented people as well. That'll do it for the second and final part 
of how to attract growth-oriented friends. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode, and I look forward to sharing more wisdom with you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Zero to Seven Figures podcast. Please take a second to press the subscribe button right now to show your support and make sure you never miss an episode. 